0: just did like she she got like an arranged marriage and she kind of did like sewing and stuff like that on the side and they had like a kid um and <laughs> it was so weird because I didn't get the hospitality that I was expecting um the same type of hospitality I got in the Zulu community and even like the colored community in Wentworth they were so nice um and when I went there I got kind of that culture shock I'm like these are my people but they don't feel like my people you know they're completely different from what I was expecting and the guy was sitting there just trashing Zulu people the entire time like telling me about how they're lazy and they um you know they never want to like they never want to work to get the things that they want um Um, I looked behind him, I'm like, your maid is literally there, like, washing your dishes for you, and she's Zulu, guy's like, oh, but not her, she's one of the good ones, I'm like, why, because she works for you, Um, and I was, like, asking him these legit questions, like, oh, you wouldn't get it, and he's like, "Um," I'm like, I'm actually Bangladeshi, like, I was born in Bangladesh, and it's a very impoverished country, but my mom um, is half Indian, so it's, like, Indian is, it's the same, kind of similar to Nigeria. I think our ecosystems are the same in a way because of the economic landscape, like poverty. There's the rich people, and then you have kind of the middle class and the poor, but the poor is like a huge portion of the population. So India is like very vast, but in South Africa, the majority are like a bit higher in privilege. So when he was talking to me, he's like, oh, yeah, Bangladeshi people, they're cool or whatever. They're hardworking. I'm like, how are you generalizing and categorizing like these huge groups of people as if they're a monolith, you know? Um, And he just he did not care. And he was like he was literally like a cartoon character. He was like he had this um, fly swatter and these flies kept like coming at him and he was swatting them away and killing them. I'm like, that's exactly you. You're like this fly swatter of Indian people. (laughs) Yeah. And I felt so bad for, for the maid. I'm like, you know, she's working there having to hear like all these things about her, you know, her people. And it just wasn't cool to me. Um, And the girl, she was like super traditional, um, super like, Oh, I'm going to listen to everything my parents say. I'm going to wear like modest clothes, which isn't a bad thing, but she does it in a way that's very judgmental. Um, and I just didn't feel like even there I belonged, you know. But then, of course, you have the white people who are like, they have everything. They're like a small, tiny population. I think, I think it was 9%. I don't know exactly what it is right now. Um, but even after apartheid, it's been it's you know it's this the same factors exist in society like the same levels of privilege um but yeah it's kind of a one day at a time thing um and people still live in those same townships like colored zulu black um and then the white people living in like their mansions off to like like, you'll, you'll go up to um, the small area where you have, like, these townships and people living, like, literally in, like, tin shack houses. They don't even have, like, indoor bathrooms. And then right a few miles away, you have, like, these huge mansions. So, it's... Um, That's fucked. Yeah, it's, like, not gentrification, some gentrification, but also...
1: Is like that just a slap the, culture? the face
0: for people, huh?
1: That's just like the culture that's just like, it's common. Like that's just how the cities are pretty much laid out.
0: That's kind of, yeah, I think that's the land, the landscape. Like it was very deliberate the way that they planned apartheid. It was super deliberate. Like we are going to put you in substandard living conditions and we're going to enjoy all the luxuries that we want in life um, just because... This is your skin color. Um, And, you know, we're going to call your people barbaric and look down on them for their practices. And we're, like, way better, was kind of the mentality. And I also, like, lived in villages at various points. And, you know, like, obviously in a rural area anyway, it's so hard to find um, just, like, a hospital or, you know, proper running water um but even like the cultural practices are not very respected and or even understood (laughs) so yeah like traditions when it came around like marriage and um family in general family building joint family I think that's not something that a lot of white people there really understand so yeah I think things are changing now but racism is not gonna disappear yeah, that like but that's what my story <laughs> is about, my short story.
1: That'd be, how short of a story is it? Because you, you have to have been there for like a year, right?
0: I was there for almost a year. Um, I think, so that was, uh, there's a couple of short stories in there about South Africa but one of them was about the protest the other was about it was a love story about a girl who wanted to kind of like help the education system build a school Um, and a few things cultural like components here and there so I think right now like the short story collection it's a collection so I think it's roughly like 200 pages or so but those two are, like, on the, sh- um, I think one of them is on the shorter side. The other one's a little bit longer. Like, they're not longer than, like, 15 to 30 pages. So, yeah.
1: That sounds like a good read. What about, so, okay, let me get into some of my favorite poems in your book. What's, first off, something that you said earlier you compared poetry to music. It was for sure, for sure, a few poems where you literally, like, have some bars in there. So I got to shout you off for that. What poem? Actually, yeah, <laughs> let me go to the actual poem. Which poem? There was one. I think you, I'm not sure if you just quoted it or if you quoted a rapper, but I feel like I know the rapper you quoted. If you did quote I think,
0: I think I quoted Frank Ocean at some point.
1: This was not a... who's r and b
0: name, but...
1: Was this a freak? Go- nah, I quoted it, it XXX
0: Tentacion. That one
1: is that. Is that the Misfit one?
0: Yeah.
1: I was like, okay, she's out here. <laughs> it's
0: like her wristlet. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, that's crazy. Do you want like, it? Hmm. Yeah. If I can find it.
1: Yeah, going do. It's weird using this Kindle app on my phone. It's terrible.
0: Yeah, I have it right here. It's called "The Woman in the Chat," "The Woman and the Children."
1: Oh, that um, was one of my favorite ones overall, too. Yeah. yeah,
0: I actually performed that at a poetry slam in college. Um, at Brandeis, we had this little, like, this little cafe. It was called Chums so any like I think on Fridays we had open mic night um and then we had like some really cool music producers artists singers rappers come in and sometimes they did stand up but I was always I sing too but I was always like a a poetry person um because I I feel like singing it takes a lot of energy and (laughs) for me poetry was like you know just go up there and do your thing, but yeah, I kind of, so there's that part where I'm, I think I'm talking about um, just being a victim of sexual harassment when I was um, in middle school, and I talk about like gender-based violence and oppression um, and misogyny, so in this part, It's like, speak up. Why the fuck are you so quiet? Damn girl, you so silent. And why the fuck are you not socializing? She said, y'all don't even want to listen to me. So who am I to even speak? Like a young rapper said, she likes to rock out like she a misfit, but the other emo bitch like her wristlet. So while she was supposed to be in heaven, she was in a fire pit and her emotions weren't a medical need. And during detention, she would just sit feeling like she wanted to quit. At 13, he said that bitch too big for those jeans. So he had to violate, if you know what I mean. They would silence all the girls in the class because they thought the girls could only seduce as the teacher was a royal pain in the ass. Boy 16 says, but that was her boyfriend, her husband. He couldn't possibly rape her, right? Boy 18 says, if I stare at you, it don't mean you got a fright. Boy 16 says, but her face though. Boy 18 says, but her race though. It's a shame though. Boy 16 says, what are you thinking? Trying to be a Muslim Muslim in America? Show some skin. They don't want that from you. Man 60 says, cover up. Don't be a hoe. I don't want that from you no more. The girl finally rises up and speaks because she can no longer stand this tongue in cheek. Want, did you ever think about what I want? Because all you seem to think about is what I want. I'll be damned if that day ever comes, if you care about being more than just a scum. And then I go on. <laughs> it's like a, this is like one of the longer,
1: No, it was, Um, but the whole poem, like, it's, it's not a poem that even needs to pick up, like, the whole poem from the start of it, like, even before that part with the bar in it, like, the whole poem keeps you, like, into it, and, like, you really want to read what's next, you want to read, like, what people are saying, like, it's crazy, that poem, yeah, a poem hit different, that one, and then the, um, God's Manuscript, there's a few other ones, God's Manuscript for sure hit different, just like the way, I don't know, the way that I took it, it was crazy. It's it's just interesting to see other people's perspective in writing. That's like I think that's why people love music. They love watching TV. They love reading poems because it's like even if I could tell you something, and like like you said, like it's a typical like you're talking about your book being a typical love story. But it's like the way that you go about it, the way that you set up the situations, the way that you decide to put this detail here, like just makes it something that somebody wants to take in so for sure Mm
0: -hmm. i tried to make it so you know you could find some kind of some kind of resonance in it when i wrote god's manuscript i obviously you can tell i was like in a very dark place in life um like i think there was something going around that my mom said was a family curse (laughs) like we all all the women in my family, they went through some sort of, like, domestic violence situation, Um, and I really was, like, telling myself, I don't want this to be me. I don't want to, you know, be in toxic relationships with people anymore. I want to, you know, change the general, the generational curse, Um, and I want to be, you know, one of the women who kind of has a voice and learns to speak out, Um, and that's, sort of the framing of what God's manuscript was. It was like being able to change the narrative, um, get you know, finally finding a way to promote wellness in life. Um I think we live in a society where it's a lot about like how much you can produce, um, what you can give to the world, but it rarely talks about like what you can give to yourself and how to, you know, be able to navigate you know, good mental health and self-care. So in God's manuscript, I'm like, I, you know, I learned all these lessons, like, when is life going to be good? You know, when is, (laughs) when am I finally going to get the fruits of my labor? Like, I'm really tired. I'm just tired, you know, I'm tired of suffering. Um, But it's like, I know these things happen for a reason. Um, We all go through challenges because, you know, as cliche as it sounds, like it, gets us to where we need to be um it gets us to that stage where we can say you know I've finally accomplished something especially like as people of color I feel like for us you have to endure a lot to (laughs) you have to endure so much before you finally like get to those pinnacles that you want to reach you know to get to that place of success um for other groups it's so much easier because it's like you have the wealth you have the ability to make an investment for me this book was a huge investment um like literally (laughs) so you know and I also have to consider being like I'm still a someone who's attending school I'm, I'm still getting my master's I'm a student as well um I have my nine to five job this is kind of like one of my other sources of income but at some point I was doing research and trying to make money from that too. And it's like so much hard work that you barely get to like breathe, like you barely get to rest. Um, but I feel like you have to work with what God has given you and you have to be able to do this for yourself so that the generations that come next, you know, can really learn from it as well. Um, I don't know like what the future holds for me, but you know, if I ever settle down and have a family, I want to be able to bring my daughter up in a way where it's not just about struggle. It's not just about like, um, you know, become a doctor because it's like the safety (laughs) I'm going to, you know, say I have this amount of wealth and like to a point where you can be, whatever you want to be, like you have that freedom to do what you want to do, live your life, the way you want to live it. Um, And I have my little sister who, like, I'm kind of her role model. So she's seeing where I am right now in life. And she's going to learn from that. She models her behavior off of me. Um, So, you know, I want to be that, you know, that stronger person for her. But I also want to be someone who can tell her it's okay to have those rough days and go through those emotions as long as you're able to, like, be resilient you know um so yeah that's what that poem was about
1: no that was nice I definitely like I said like when I was reading them I just was like I'm always curious about I'm always curious about somebody's headspace while they're doing what they're doing whether it's creating their art whether it's their decision making whether it's just always like getting into their head and knowing why they did that what was what was the contributing factors and like just the inspiration and like what brought you to this point it's always interesting because all i know is my story like the only thing that i know for sure is my story i don't know anybody else's story for sure for sure 100 like what really went into it so that's what i that's what i think about most days mm-hmm. what is okay so what are some poems what are some poems that weren't because you talked about like the period of time before you released it and, like, not being sure about a few poems. What are some poems that oh you didn't, not that you didn't want them in it, but somebody else that, like, had read your work? Like, what are some poems that, like, you didn't think that they deserved to be in the book, but they was like, no, you're putting this poem in this book.
0: You know what's funny? So <laughs> I actually had this friend. Um, I was... <laughs> i was reading i was like hey i have this book that i want to publish um and i was reading he's like okay like do you want me to buy it i'm like of course you have to buy it you're my friend like that's not a yes or no it's no like you know it's not a question you have to get the book and he's like well i want to know if it's any good before i make the purchase um like i he's like you know i can support a friend but i want to make sure that the friend is like at a good space and you know this is something that deserves to be out there and it's not just like a half-assed type of thing um he actually told me that one of my poems like he didn't say it sucked but he was just like this is okay like this is average it's it's really whatever um um and I think the reason he said that was because it was it didn't have that same level of craftsmanship that the other poems had you know how you said you know that poem that i read out it was more lyrical there was like a flow about it this one it was kind of like there was no there was no flow to it or it just like kind of was a rant and it wasn't really
1: well as it an artist in
0: that as sense. an artist
1: you need to do that i've learned i used to i used to tell people things like that but then i realized i need a shit that that's what um true constructive criticism is i realized that is like savings like This song isn't for me, or like what? Like, let people know that like this work could be good. But for my ears, for what I just took in, I didn't enjoy it. But then other people, like, there's a hit song that you may hate, but it's obviously a hit song. So somebody's downloading it. So Mm -hmm. it's like, not everything, not everything's supposed to hit like that for you. You just need to look at it and be like, okay, I like the way that it started. I like the way that you said this. You might could use a different word here though. Like you could describe this different. I'd be trying to think about things like that when people say. Cause it's easy to be like that was trying. Like why well, was it? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I remember like I I had a friend I would always like forward like certain articles to her and so she's like why are you sending me this I can't even relate to it like this is something that is relatable to you, but I, it doesn't resonate with me. And I'm like, at at a certain point in my life where I've done the work for myself, I've grown. And I don't need to like read things like this, which I understand, like some people are at that stage. And they're like, Oh, this isn't relevant. Like this book of poetry. To me, it's like, Oh, she wrote these poems when she was 13. Cool. Like, I'm over it. Like, I'm not interested. There are going to be people like that. But then there are people like this is like more towards younger audiences too, like girls that are in high school and, you know, early adult, even early 20s who might read it and say like, you know, I wish I had this book when I was younger or I can really relate to a lot of the things that she's saying. And she's basically like putting words to my emotions. Um, So I've I've heard that, too. And I've had friends that are like, wow, this really. Help me in my growth in some kind of way um friends that have been like you know I you know this really is a huge I, this epitomizes like your entire journey from that age to now um, and I've seen you grow over the years so this is like a beautiful kind of <laughs> illustration of that um, and there's always going to be people that read a poem and they're just I just don't like it it's not my cup of tea <laughs> yes. so I think I think he was reading like I wrote Soul Sister it was about um, a friend I had in college who we were sort of in the same clique and then we fell apart because of some random drama that happened that I wasn't even willing to wanting to be a part of but somehow I got wrapped up into it and it was really a point where i had to learn forgiveness and for me forgiveness is like a huge thing it like i usually like back then i never i never forgave people because i thought that it makes me weaker to it makes me weaker to like sit there and accept that someone has done something bad to me and say you know i thought that forgiveness meant telling them that what you did is okay um, but now i'm like you know i believe in restorative justice i believe that you can forgive someone but that doesn't necessarily mean you accepting them fully back into your life it doesn't mean forgetting what happened or forgetting the history and the damage and the pain that it's caused you um but forgiveness just means letting go and saying you know like i can still walk down the street and see this person today and you know acknowledge their humanity so i that's what forgiveness was for me um but then that friend who read the poem he's like oh I don't see that like (laughs) this poem it's just whatever because it's not as lyrical or it's not as metaphorical as your other poems were like he really likes metaphor he really likes certain types of poems and for me this was just um me venting (laughs) about a friend (laughs) but That poem did mean a lot to me because when I wrote it, I was like, this is definitely gonna be in the book. So even though he didn't like it, oh well.
1: You like, it's going. It's going in the book.
0: Yeah. Um, I also remember I did a graduation speech one time. This was actually like during summer school. And then I wrote something in the speech that the guy, (laughs) the guy who was like judging. Um, the speeches he was kind of like looking over them he's like this is way too like seductive and sultry for like someone of your age group because we were like 13 at that time I wrote like I had a smile playing on my lips something like that um and then he's like that's way too like you don't want something raunchy to be in the speech and then you're reading it out loud and then the audience is like oh that's way too mature for someone her age I'm like how is that like to me that didn't seem like something that was that he could categorize it that way and then I kept it in the speech anyway I'm like f this and he's like I really like that you kept it because it's your voice you know um and I'm not mad at you (laughs) so yeah like, to each their own, as long as you respect my work, and, you know, you don't have to like everything that I do, but if you see, like, the context behind it, or um, you understand, like, why I wrote it, and who I'm writing it for, who the audience is, then that's, you know, what really matters the most to me, but if you like it, that's even better. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I feel that. What is what is one poem that you could like remember writing and it's probably like the most conflicted, whether it's in the book or not, the most conflicted poem that you probably wrote for whatever reason, it could be conflicting cause of emotions, could be conflicting cause of the topic, just what was a poem where like you was writing it and I don't know, you felt torn for whatever reason while you was writing. Hard hitting oh questions, I know. I know
0: have you read the whole book
1: <laughs> the whole book <laughs> There's a, I've, yeah. I've gotten There's through like, the a, book, but like the first three chapters are the one where like i have my bookmark and i have some notes on so i'll say like because i have creation what was the first two chapters but yeah i know that yeah. for the first three or four chapters i have notes for for sure for sure the rest of it i haven't gotten like notes and stuff down yeah i've only gotten to, so um,
0: I think there's a lot of poems in it that are were conflicting i don't think you can see that but i definitely see for me yeah. there was a lot of <sighs> so like the the editors and publishers they're you know they're white um and sure. you don't always like as a person of color it's so hard to even speak even speak to people um that are that are not people of color and like you know tell them that this is a really important part of my story um because you don't know how they're gonna react to it you don't know if they're gonna be one of the woke ones or they're gonna like they're gonna fully (laughs) like understand why this is so important like oh this isn't race isn't a big topic these days it's not a big deal um you know we don't live in Jim Crow the Jim Crow era so there's that but then there's also things that are so deeply personal to me that I didn't know if I even wanted to talk about it because I grew up you know basically without a father like he was in our life but he wasn't really in our life there was like a sense of abandonment um And there was violence, like I faced a lot of violence as a child, like a lot of emotional, physical abuse, but mostly like towards my mom. Um, And recently, like my grandmother, you know, passed away this year from my dad's side. Um, So there was a lot of grieving there, grieving like the kind of family that we could have had. But also for me, it was like, it was like that weird, like kind of sense of reunion at the same time of, like me getting to a point where I could forgive and I could attend that funeral and look everyone in the eye and not like, you know, we're here for our grandmother, um, even though so much time has passed and there's been a lot of distance and my dad, you know, he was there at the funeral. So, you know, it's so there's a lot of shame that I had to carry like on behalf of my mom's side of the family. Um, even though they were the victims. Like we live in a society where the victims are shamed more <laughs> than the actual perpetrators of violence. Um, and in my culture, like divorce is such a, such a difficult thing to even fathom. Like if you are a woman and you ask your husband for a divorce, um, you're seen as the aggressor you're seen as the one who wants to tear the family apart even though it's like necessary and that was the only way that we as children could have been healthy was to get away from that situation because it was harmful in like so many ways um but I didn't know if I wanted to write like to keep those poems in there because I knew certain family members would you know might see it um but this was my way of like getting my voice out there I'm not gonna go up to you necessarily and like tell you you know I wish you didn't do this like five years ago or you know to my cousins I wish you hadn't said that thing or backbited me or said you know backbit me and said those you know harsh words to me back in the day about my mom and like this and that um this was my way of like really being able to say all the things that I was holding back like writing was was my way of doing that so I have homes of that nature in there and then over time there were a few things that I had to like censor because I didn't want it to be all about like childhood abandonment I didn't want it to be all about like you know how they say oh girls and like their daddy issues whatever um which I really hate (laughs) I hate when people term it like daddy issues when it's like such a real like traumatic experience for people but because um, at the end of the day I wanted it to be about me, my growth, my narrative um, but I did keep those in there because I'm like that's such an important part of my story. like I am in I am where I am today because of what I did like how I was able to help myself and be self-reliant and be independent even though there's such a negative connotation to being an independent woman like, it doesn't mean that I don't accept help from people. It doesn't mean I can't be interdependent. But there are times in life where you have to rely on yourself, or you are the only one you have. Um, so I'm like, you know, in spite not of like not having, a you know, a father who was like active in my life, I still overcame the odds. You know, I still graduated from college, and I was able to pay off all my student my student loans. I'm debt free. yeah Good shit. and that's partially because you know i worked at the same time like i'm working studying at the same time paying them as i go but also i had a mom who like worked two jobs and she worked like 60 plus hours a week um to raise us and my dad wasn't he wasn't doing anything so i'm not giving him the credit but um she did you know play a huge role in that um so I definitely, like, owe it to her to, like, have her story in there, um, but also owe it to myself to acknowledge that I got this far because of women like her and because of myself, because I modeled my behavior, I modeled, like, my values off of what my mother presented to me, um, so those are, like, the hardest to write where I was really conflicted, but it's out there already. No taking it back. <laughs> yeah.
1: No taking it back. I mean,
0: I could take it back. I could take it off of Amazon, but I'm not about to do that when it's already out in the world and it's a number one bestseller. So,
1: number one. Number one. Don't forget
0: that.
1: Yeah. No, that's a flex for real. For real. nobody, I don't know anybody else that has a number one book. So, that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> What is, what is probably, you won't have a, you won't give me an answer for this. I was gonna ask what is probably the period of time or emotion that you write your best poems in, but you're biased, because they're all your best poems probably.
0: Can you repeat the question? What is the emotion? (laughs)
1: Like what vibe, like either, either whether it's a period of time so whether it was when you was like in middle school high school or maybe like a recent time in college but like, was there a period of time where like you knew that these poems that that was written in these few months was like the best that you've ever written like as you was writing them or are there any like emotions like you know like when you're mad or when you've been thinking about something for a certain amount of time and then you start writing like do you like know like oh i'm sad today like you know that the poem that you're about to write is going to be like different like you know that you have a lot of things right?
0: i never know like you never really know that you're gonna write a great poem it just happens
1: so like, like walk me choose a, like walk <laughs> me through because like because like reading the poems for for people that read the poems it's like like for example we talked about gods and script a little bit or the woman and the children and it's like when you're reading it for us it's like such a crazy story And like you're going through like all these emotions all these different like topics all these things that people are saying and like the point of the story like what you're taking from it but then there's also another side of like how did you come up with this in this sequence of order choosing these descriptive words choosing this pace choosing like like how often do you like revise your poems like a poem like that like how how often do you have have to like write it i have a
0: story for you but um i'm trying to, oh my god i'm totally gonna butcher who who this person is but there was a poem called rage and you can google it um because i'm totally blanking on who the author is, is but he like famous? Remember, yeah it's called rage the poem is called rage um i'll see if i can find it too but basically i was taking a freaking studies class in college um, and we were reading this poem in class, so I'm not gonna lie. Some of my poems are inspired by like other um, authors of color. Um, I never copy anyone's work, <laughs> and if I do, I'll like cite them, um, like the way that I cited Frank Ocean and XX Tentacion but yeah so we were reading this poem called rage um and it was basically it was basically about a woman who you know was just tired of systemic oppression um So I think it was actually by Audre Lorde um, and the uses of anger, woman responding to racism. Um, So basically she, it was like her response to racism, like the type of rage that she feels. I think rage is such a difficult emotion for people because there have been so many, you know, there have been so many social constructs on like, you know, diminishing your anger, like never show that you have anger, you know, Um, even when there are protests that are happening, and you see people kind of, there's this huge debate going on of like, you know, how, how to protest, like, you can't, you know, break windows um, of small businesses, you know, especially black owned, I don't really like believe in that personally that people should be doing that but you can't express rage in like certain ways because if you do it's like harmful to society and there are times when it is harmful um when you, you don't know how to like activate that anger in the proper ways um but then there are times where you absolutely need anger like anger is necessary um And if you don't reflect on that anger in a proper way, you're never gonna get what you want. Like we wouldn't have the civil rights movement if people weren't angry, like people were angry, people wanted voting rights, (laughs) people wanted, you know, people wanted proper books in school, people wanted education, you know. Women's rights movement, um, it's people wanting things and having passion and feeling rage that allowed them to give us the rights that we have today. Um, So sitting in like my African studies class and like hearing that poem, um, it really, and also like going through this time where you literally have a white person sitting across from you in the library at 2 a.m. yelling at you and calling you a terrorist, like that happened to me. Um, He was like, your people are terrorists, Muslims carry bombs and that's why they're dangerous. Um, him telling me that, I was like, I was like, I need to respond to this in some kind of way. And in class, like hearing that poem and like talking to my teacher and him kind of citing um, some of the writing that I had in class, I was like, when we have this protest that we're like, we all, we all wanted to have this march, uh, march for justice protest, and it was organized by one of my really close friends, a lot of my close friends. Um, I was like, I, I really want to write something for this protest. I don't want to just, you know, sit next to someone on a, at a, like, mic stand and just, you know, hold up a sign. I want to do something more impactful. Um, and I remember someone, like, after reading the Black Lives Matter poem, um, The Rage, Pain, Tear, Sweat, After I read that out loud and some person like was, they were like, you know, be louder, you have to be louder. And I did my mic wasn't working at the time it was like being weird and I had to like really raise my voice. Um, But I remember writing that poem the night, like not the night before I wrote it before but I crafted it and like edited it over the night and I read it out to my friend and she's like, you're definitely gonna get people applauding after that. But while I was writing it, I was thinking about that guy who yelled at me at 2 a.m. in the library. I was like, this is for that asshole who like was was saying all these things about about me, about my race, about my religious background, Um, you know, like, a lot of anti-Palestinian sentiment and, like, saying all these different things um, about people from other cultures. And this is for him. Um, so that's really where it came from. And I was, like, this this guy, he... And also, like, in that environment, everyone really likes... Like, there was, like, a hip-hop scene and, like, kind of a rap scene going on as well. Um, so I'm, like, let me try to make this, like, more lyrical let me say this like let me create like a rap out of this um it was
1: like spoken word almost
0: spoken word but there were certain words I was like saying really fast kind of like oh I'm like Eminem in this moment (laughs) (laughs) my inner Eminem is like coming out um and then you know parts of it were like more slow-mo um and then I would stop and like when I was saying it out to my friend she's like you should really pause when you say this word like when you say rage you need to stop and pause so people get the depth of what you're saying um
1: those are crazy so that's when people when people know how how to say it that's crazy yeah how was how was how they receive it like as you was reading it or as you was reciting it, like what did the people look like? What were you looking at? It wasn't even
0: at? just that; it was everything—the entire environment of that moment. Like it made it. You know how they have those rap ciphers and they have like the rap battles. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it it kind of felt it kind of felt like that, but it was like I, it was a one woman stand type of thing, um, and it was like it was my time. And then on top of that, we had. We had people that were like in the front row, um, just like, you know, even like people in the back, like be louder, but then in the front, they were like really in awe of what I was saying. Um, And then I heard like, there was like a pause. um, And then at the end, like people were really, like really into it. Um, And then you had one guy Like one of my friends, he carried like a Palestinian flag um, and he was like waving it (laughs) in a university that was like very Zionist, um, pro-Israel, and that had a huge impact. Like people were really, people only respond to uh, events like this when there is something that pushes against the status quo. and something that really will get people talking. So it was, I think the poetry, but it was also, you know, us carrying like sage, like we were carrying sage. We had like the smoke going out and everything. The wind was really bad that day, but still like we had the whole visual representation of who we were, you know, marching, holding hands, protesting, holding up signs, being on the top of, you know, the stairs, the top of the steps in, you know, one of the student, um, student lounges like the library area and all this um where people were studying like making a fuss and then you have like the poem and you have you know people really like people will sit and stare they'll be like what is what is going on you know so there was some backlash there were people saying like You know these minorities and their problems and (laughs) people (laughs) people criticizing us and there's this whole thing about getting you know more black students on campus and people pushing against affirmative action um and they're like you know you should only get students in with merit but i'm like you have a really bad pr system like your pr system isn't even getting students of color informed about the school. You have primarily white students because you're only reaching out to white students. You're only going to these private, like private high schools. You're not reaching out to these private institutions, uh, public institutions, um, and going into like these communities and really informing them that this university exists. And I think a lot of people don't really believe in that. And there's like a lot of politics around it. Um, So of course, like Like, not everything was positive. Like, some people were like, this is amazing. You know, I'm so happy I came. I turned up for this event. Um, There was, like, hundreds of people. There were dozens. Yeah, so many people that came. But then there's always that one guy who's like, F these people. (laughs) Like, F these kids. Um, You know? So there was a little bit of both. I think for my poem, there was generally, like, a good good reaction to it Um, but definitely because I was the organizer behind it I was the one who like created the event on Facebook Um, people had a lot to say to me Um, and I also ended up writing an article about what it feels like to be a minority on campus and how the school doesn't really provide resources for us and a lot of people read it a lot of people shared it Um, people were messaging me on Facebook like you know you're all wrong about this Um, this is a great school you should feel proud to like and honored to have gotten a scholarship and I'm like I got it because I deserved it and because they had you know they need more people like me on campus they need more people of color so you know it looks good on them for my face to be you know on their newspaper on their school website so really you should be taking these problems to the school not to me um to the president not to me This is so, yeah
1: that's real I like that I like that I like that who are some who are some people specifically like writers or like artists or like maybe movies or things that you've seen but like what what type of things like that kind of influence you the most when it comes to your art when it comes to your writing
0: might have to wrap up soon but I was thinking like in terms of people who like influence me um
1: like you were saying you was in your m M&M m <laughs> bag like you like I know that you're not like every every poem thinking you're shady but like things like that like who do you like sometimes draw upon and like use as a superpower to like guide you with what you're doing
0: so, I remember growing up, people like called me sensitive. Like, a lot of
1: What's even my song? friends are like,
0: My sign, my zodiac sign,
1: thousand that percent. That's what we're ending on. It doesn't... On. What's your rising sun and moon? Yeah, you can hear it.
0: So, there's um, I'm a Gemini, okay, I don't know about like rising, whatever. <laughs> But there's so many bad things about. Gemini. I think two Tup- wasn't Tupac a Gemini, but also Donald Trump's a Gemini. So like, what is
1: Kanye's a Gemini? But Kendrick's a Gemini. Is Tupac a Gemini? Kendrick's
0: a Gemini. I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah, Kendrick's a Gemini. Yeah. There's a lot of good Gemini's and bad Gemini's. I have the same birthday as Austin. What's his name? Austin Powers. You know Mike Myers, like that guy who like. Wasn't um, he like danced around naked in that movie and he had like the little the mini me? Yeah. I have the same birthday as him,
1: <laughs> which is kind of embarrassing. But... Austin Powers out here, gold member himself. Oh, mini me, yeah. I do this all the time. And his cousin mini me was for other things, but oh my god, <laughs> I need to watch that now. Oh, mini me,
0: I, I think like I do you was thinking about Austin like, Powers I, and poems. Austin Powers poems.
1: That's your that's your birthday, buddy. No, <laughs> no. What Never. were you saying?
0: I don't even. I don't remember the last time I watched that movie.
1: You seen the one with but Beyonce though, right?
0: Beyonce.
1: Beyonce is in an Austin Powers movie. Okay, the, so funny.
0: even though we have the same birthday, I don't know this man. I don't associate. <laughs> she...
1: He's a fantastic person. <laughs> He's a fantastic individual. I've met him.
0: That's great because we have the same birthday. So good to know. Um, but yeah, growing up, I was called sensitive, um, but I took the sensitivity and I turned it into poetry. So yeah, um, there was this. There's this one poet. Um, she's Lebanese American. Uh, I think she's Lebanese Canadian. Um, her name is Najwa Zebian. Um, and I remember one time I was actually going to therapy and, you know, getting some counseling done. And then she recommended the book to me. She's like, "This, there's this great Lebanese-Canadian poem, all her poems, like most of her poems, you know, sensitivity and growing up and like expressing your, your vulnerability and not being ashamed of that, not being ashamed of people saying like you're a crybaby or you're this and that. When I get emotional, I do cry um, That's okay. <laughs> sometimes. But it's not necessarily a bad thing. And I don't think it's a bad thing for anyone. It's not a bad thing for men, for women, for, for anyone. I think everyone needs to cry once in a while. Um, but she was really, like, someone who inspired me. Um, like, obviously, Maya Angelou. But everyone's going to say Maya Angelou. <laughs> um yeah, when the cage bird sings, like so many, like I think Zora Neale Hurston. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say Najwa Zebian is more of like my modern day kind of inspiration because she's the one who really allowed me to be vulnerable um, and to delve into those that place and not feel bad about it you know yeah. people used to read my poems and say like you know why did you write this this is so sad like <laughs> and i'm like i wrote it because i was sad <laughs> i wrote it because someone needs to we all need like a good like when we're feeling sad yeah you can listen to happy by pharrell but you could also listen to rolling in the deep or you could listen to um stay by rihanna you know um you could listen to the lemonade album and that was all about her being sad you know but there's still some like songs in there where it's like wow this beat is you know dope so i still have like that sadness but there's also like that triumph in it as well there's also like yeah i'm sad but i'm still gonna you know wear my makeup and you know come to this event <laughs> and i'm still gonna go outside and do something that makes me happy um go to this cafe that I like whatever um put up my hair and you know put on my dress that I really like so yeah that's really like what it came what my poetry like comes down to
1: I enjoy that I, I can definitely get that I can definitely get a lot of self-expression through your words what is so parting words no, you have to go pretty soon. Just what what is something that you just want yeah, to Yeah, cuz my
0: sister is knocking at the door.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Just whatever parting words that you have for now until next time is what do you want to say to leave off this episode and bridge for the next one.
0: Just like a few parting words. I think something that I wasn't able to say um I was like listening to a TED talk recently and it said, chase wellness, not purpose. Um, And I think that's so important because you might be thinking like, why not both? Why can't I get my purpose and like chase wellness as well? But sometimes when we're chasing purpose, like we get so lost in it that we forget to like check in with ourselves. And even in like writing um, my poetry I think there was a part of me that's like, is this, are people even going to read it? Are people even going to care about these topics? Um, You know, someone has probably written the same exact thing as I've written, but that doesn't mean my words aren't needed. It doesn't mean that, you know, I can't celebrate myself. Um, And even if you have walked in like similar shoes as someone else, like your story is still unique in itself and you need to tell it Um, If you have, you know, a voice and you're really wanting to like make it heard, you need to like do what you can to make it heard. But at the same time, learn to protect yourself and learn to not do this thing because you want like a material. Um, You want the materials out of it or you want a specific outcome. Do it because this is your passion. Do it because it's something you love. And also like learn to take care of yourself like in the process. Um, I think I'm in public health right now like this is my career but I'm also a writer and I also have so many different passions and of course like I want to have a steady income Uh, you know I can't just write because I'd be broke but (laughs) if I did that um, so I think at the end of the day like focus on being the best version of yourself focus on you and focus on loving yourself and caring for yourself and then everything else will like you know come together 100%. so yeah focus on your wellness not just your purpose
1: chase wellness not purpose i like that i like that i appreciate you for coming on i really I appreciate endorse- you
0: for having me
1: hey anytime this is really dope you're really dope you're a really cool person you have lots of different sides of you and you convey them very well through your work so i appreciate you for
0: thank you yeah, and if you ever want, you know, want me back, <laughs> or if, you know, you want to discuss some other themes, let me know. I really enjoyed, you know, being able to take this time. Also, Happy New Year. It's almost...
1: Happy New Year's, almost, 2022. Year.
0: Yeah. New Year's this resolution. A to- oh, God,
1: That's what we're ending on. New Year's resolution.
0: Wellness, not purpose.
1: You're right. Oh, Everyone's, like, an writing their it.
0: resolutions right now.
1: That was the media chain answer. I see you though. I respect it. I respect it. <laughs> Chase wellness, not purpose. Sorry. I'm taking it too. That's my resolution too. I'm chasing wellness, not purpose. Mm-hmm.
0: Take care of your health, exercise, eat well, hydrate. Like I just hydrated, <laughs> been hydrated.
1: Drink water, but when it comes to nah, man, we like to eat bad stuff. We like to eat the bad stuff.
0: You can eat junk food sometimes. That's fine.
1: All the time. I'm chasing happiness over here. Like you just said, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. I'm chasing happiness.
0: Chase happiness over here, not tears.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> I tried to rhyme, but that didn't. I don't know if I did that justice. You
1: spend a freestyle? You ended with a
0: freestyle? Let me hear it.
1: Or oh, bars. You got bars. I'll put on an instrumental. Don't play with me. I'll do it. Oh, gosh.
0: We can do that on the next podcast. (laughs) Don't.
1: This is record. I was just about to pause the recording, too. I'm so glad I didn't. I have it on video now. So I'm for sure, for sure, clipping it and saying, like, next episode, we got a freestyle from Tabanis.
0: There's happiness over here. No tears. No time for tears.
1: Hey, freestyle coming soon. Just so the people know.
0: All right. I got to hop off because... Someone has been knocking on the door for like the past twenty minutes. <laughs> oh, okay. Gonna head to the mall, get buy some clothes, get a new wardrobe. But yeah, great talking to you. Great. We talking will chat to you. soon.
1: For sure. For sure. And
0: also get yeah, tell them to get my book from Amazon, The Falcon and the Dove, and my full name, Tamina Sayed, and also my LinkedIn. You can go on my LinkedIn or follow me on Instagram. My so I have two Instagram accounts. I have brown girl speaks underscore, um, true poetry, and then I have Bengal underscore 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 tigers.
1: Three underscores.
0: mm mm-hmm. Yeah, because someone stole my username, so I had to go <laughs> back in and... <laughs> two, three underscores. <laughs> yeah
1: that's the worst that's the worst
0: yeah
1: well yep everybody's gonna for sure tap in i'll for sure tell my friends that i already showed the book to the tap into the instagram and to the linkedin for sure for sure
0: all yeah. right i'm gonna peace out but enjoy my time talk soon yes ma'am bye I'll-